Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Aberbach, CEO and Publisher. Today we are celebrating our 150th episode of the iPhone Life podcast. Wow, congratulations, Donna. Can you believe that? (laughs) What's the traditional gift for the 150th episode? I think something bronze, and I don't know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, I cannot believe it. That is a lot. That's a lot of time you and I have spent talking about iPhones together. <laughs> I know. It's been so much fun. It's one of my favorite parts of this job, I have to say. It is a lot of fun. And thank you all for sticking around. Has there, okay, I know. This, this isn't the official question of the day. Is there anybody out there who's listened to all 150 episodes? Send us an email at podcast.com. Yeah, I know. I wonder. I do feel like we have some very a very loyal fan base of listeners who have been with us for this whole time. So it would be fun to hear from you. Email us and let us know what you uh, what you enjoy most about the podcast too. That would be yeah. a lot of fun. Or anything you'd like to see changed. I'm curious because I yeah. feel like I I'm subjective, but I feel like we've gotten better over time. I feel like the early episodes so. were not as good. <laughs> well, I remember the first time we recorded, or the first couple times, I had this impression like, oh, I have to say everything perfectly or else we have to start all over again. Yeah. So we're like in front of the mic, like, <gasps> like how am I going to get through like an hour without having to start all over again? <laughs> well, in, So in we've the come early, a long way since then. In the early days, we had one microphone for all three of us, and we weren't recording the video so you couldn't see us. So what we'd do is we'd all sit around like on the floor with our faces next to this microphone and this little three, Casero was there, all three of us. So we'd Before the days way. of COVID. Yeah, before the days of COVID. And now we're in our homes, but we actually have a studio that I would like to see someday. I know. Yeah, I, it's it's fun to get to hang out on Zoom, but it was more fun when we did it in person. So this it'll be fun true. to get back to that one day, which maybe fits in with our new theme for this issue, uh, for this episode. You can tell I'm thinking about the magazine. We're about to go to print. <laughs> um, anyways, this episode, the theme is New Year, New You. So we want to go over apps and gear and tips for decluttering your phone to give you a fresh start for 2021. Yes. And how that fit in with what I was saying before is hopefully in the coming year at some point we'll all be back in the office together again. (laughs) I cannot wait. (laughs) I have a tip I wanted to share with all of you this week that I've been making a lot of use of and it's how to use picture in picture on your iPhone and iPad. And this Mm, is a feature that's been around for the iPad for years, but it's new for the iPhone ever since iOS 14. And there's some new tips and tricks, even if you have been using it for years, um, there's some new ways you can use it. So first, I just wanted to talk about like what apps this feature is available for. Um, as most of you know, picture-in-picture picture minimizes your video view to, so that it only takes up a little bit of your screen so that you can multitask and do other things while you're watching a video. And it works with a lot of Apple's stock apps. I actually have a list here of apps you can use it with. You can use it for FaceTime, which is really nice. Um, you can use it in the podcast app for video podcasts. You, what are some of the apps that you use it for? I mean, the main one I use it for is FaceTime. Uh, and this is new with iOS 14 that you can do it with FaceTime. Before on FaceTime, when you, if you were on a FaceTime call and you swiped up to use your phone, it would pause and it would not the video would pause and it would tell the other person that the video was paused. And so it was very clear to the other person that you were not watching them and you could not multitask 
Um, now, sometimes I, especially with COVID and you know all the people I don't get to see, I'll have pretty long FaceTime calls where either I want to multitask um, because I'm talking about something that I want to look up on my phone, or maybe sometimes I get a text message that comes in and I'm, I'm responding to that text message as I'm talking to somebody. Little things mm-hmm. like that where um, it's really nice to have be able to have their video and have my video not pause uh, while also being able to sometimes use my phone for other things. Another use case that's great is if you're, um, if you're one of our insider subscribers, you yes. get video versions of our daily tips and our guides. When you log into our site, you can go watch the video and minimize, have it be small so that you can still be scrolling through the written step-by-step directions and then follow along with it as you watch on the video. Uh, or you could like be going into your settings and change the settings that the video is telling you to do while you're watching because um, we use Vimeo and YouTube to play our videos and uh, those are apps that are compatible with this. Vimeo is what we use for our um, insider videos and it definitely works. I was gonna say actually a caveat is that YouTube is a little tricky. YouTube doesn't, they wanna make you pay for their YouTube monthly service in order to use picture in picture and be able to minimize the your your video window. Um, so it seems like with some YouTube videos, you can like play it through the Safari app and not use the YouTube app, and then you can use picture in picture. But like I think that Apple's tried to block that too. But anyway, um, I'm gonna post a list at iPhoneLife.com/podcast of all of the apps that are compatible because I think it's it's a feature you don't you're not gonna take advantage of unless you know that it's there. But it works for like a lot of the network news apps like CNN uh, for the NFL, Netflix and um, Hulu support it. There's a bunch of ones, so I'm gonna post that there. And if you're at iphonelife.com slash podcast. Just to echo what Donna said, if you're an insider, I really encourage you to test this out with insider because it's such a cool functionality to have the tip going and be able to do follow the steps as you're doing it. So you have the video in the corner and it says go to settings and you go to settings and you could see where it is. And it's such a great way to use the video tips we have every day to actually customize the things you want to customize while somebody is walking you through it. It's really an awesome functionality that we're Mm -hmm. taking advantage of there. So if you're an insider, make sure you check it out. And if you're not an insider, we have a great link for you. (laughs) Yeah. Also, not to mention, um, if you're listening to the video version of this podcast, it's great. Yeah. Like, uh, which also, I just wanted to take a minute to explain to people because it can be a little confusing. We have an audio and a video version of the podcast. They're vo- both available through any podcast player that you, um, that pretty much any podcast player that you'd want to use, but they're two separate feeds. So if you want the video version, you search for iPhone Life video podcast. Otherwise, you just search for iPhone Life podcast. And so you would subscribe to those separately. You also can watch it on our website at iphonelife.com slash podcast. And we also put it in YouTube. So we're everywhere. <laughs> we're everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere you want right. to be. So back to picture in picture. Um, I've told you about like the benefit of how, why you'd want to use picture in picture. So here's how you use it. Once you open up one of the apps that I mentioned and are playing a video or you're making a FaceTime call or something like that, you either tap like there's going to be a little picture in picture icon, which is like a square with a little arrow and you tap that and it makes the window smaller. Or if you're in full screen mode while you're playing the video and just swipe up from the bottom of your display, 
you'll also go into picture in picture. But that'll only work if you're in the full screen mode. If you're playing a video just in like, that's not in full screen mode and you swipe up, you'll just close the app. So that's something, a distinction that <laughs> messed me up for a while that I wanted to explain. Um, and then once you have a smaller window, you can just pinch and spread your fingers to resize the video window and you can move it around. You can drag and drop the window anywhere you want on your display so it's not covering up anything you're trying to use. And this is a cool newer feature. You can swipe the window off of your display and a little like arrow tag will appear and the audio will continue of whatever you were listening to. But that way, let's say you need your whole your whole display um, without any obstruction, you can do that and then just like tap that little tag at any time and it'll come back onto your display. And it works on your iPhone now too. So it's yeah. awesome. I use it all the time. And that those those are some nice little bonus tips there. I didn't know until I, we I think we talked about it in one of our classes actually, our IS fourteen class, but I didn't realize you could pinch and to adjust the size of it. That's a really nice little bonus tip. Okay, let's get into our special theme now. We are, as we mentioned, we want to help you start off your new year with apps and gear um, that help you meet your goals and live a healthier, happier life. We also want to help, like, we think it's a great time now to go through and do a digital decluttering and get rid of all the extra things on your device that might be slowing it down or just stuff that you no longer need and um, makes your user experience with your phone less enjoyable. So let's dive into it. I see, David, you have some, some product recommendations. Let's start with that. Sure. I have one that uh, I use every day, which is the Withing Smart Scale. I've had it for years, and I actually love it. They're a sponsor now, so I have to put that disclaimer. But I've had this for years. I love it. Uh, and yeah. basically, He's not just talking about them because they're a sponsor. He actually had it before. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, and basically, how it works is it's a normal looking scale, but when you step on it, first of all, it recognizes you, so you can have different profiles for different family members, and it syncs with your app, and you can track your, uh, obviously, you can track your weight, and your, but you can also track your body mass index over time. It also tells you the air quality, so that's a nice little bonus thing. It tells you the weather, which I actually really like. It's just a really quick, easy way in the morning as I'm getting ready to know what the weather is going to be. But my favorite part about this is that um, if you use it regularly over time, you get a really good sense of your weight trends. Um, I've been using this for so many years that I can literally see like the peaks and valleys of when I've gained weight, when I've lost weight. And I'm actually a fan. I, I think that it's really, personally, I think it's healthy to weigh yourself every day. I know that's a controversial thing. Um, but to me, it's sort of, it, it gets me I out disagree. of the I know a lot of people do. So it's a personal thing. But it gets me out of the headspace of like, thinking it's a really charged thing. It just, I don't, it, it, I, it removes the emotions for it from me. I just look at it. Uh, and it also gives me a pretty decent sense of like, which activities are causing me to gain or lose weight. Uh, and cause it's not always, uh, intuitive, but if you look at like, you know, it's pretty easy to see, oh, I lost weight this month. What did I do differently? Or I gained weight this month. What did I do differently? So I'm a big fan of that. If weight loss is something that is a goal for you for 2021, uh, and I know we've all been very sedentary for 2020, so it might be, uh, then uh, I really recommend the smart scale. I have a fun, while we're on the, the fitness side of things, um, yeah. a fun product recommendation 
Colin Thomas, one of our writers, featured this um, in our buyer's guide. It's called the Tangram Smart Rope, mm-hmm. and it's $79, and it's it connects to your phone, so it tells you like how many reps you have from, from doing jump rope, and it has this really cool thing where it creates this sort of like holographic display um, on the wall that tells you how many reps you've done while you're jump roping. And it's a really cool like techie look to it. So if you're someone who's sort of likes to geek out on tech stuff and you're trying to get in shape, this is a great, great device. And you can, you know, have like goals of how many, uh, how many reps you want to do every day, for instance. Um, Yeah, when I saw that, my husband just got a jump rope and is really into, he wants to be jump roping every day to get in shape for tennis. And I thought that this would be like, would have been a cool device for him (laughs) instead of just a plain old jump rope. (laughs) Boring old jump rope. Yeah, Uh, we talked about this last episode, but I think it's a good good thing to bring up again that Apple just came out with a fitness service. And this is, if you're wanting to get into working out and you're not going to the gym because of COVID, this is a really good alternative. Um, It's $9.99 a month. You have to have uh, Apple devices to use it. You can watch it on your Apple TV, iPhone or iPad and you use your Apple Watch, you connect, hook it in with your Apple Watch so that it actually shows you completing your movement goals on the display as you work out. And I, I mean, and right along with that, this is an obvious one, but a lot of people don't have it, and that's the, uh, the Apple Watch. Don and I both love our Apple Watches. Yep. We use it for fitness constantly. It is a nice, similarly to how with a smart scale, just tracking your activity over time, can help you identify trends. It's the same with your Apple Watch. Tracking that, your, what your activity is over time is really nice to understand. Get a feeling for how many calories you burn while going for a walk versus how many calories you burn for going for a run. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, tracking each of your workouts, looking at them over time. Uh, I love the Apple Watch, so that's another great fitness device. Yeah, I agree. And since Apple came out with the Apple Watch SE, now you can get instead of like the starting price being three fifty, you can now get an Apple Watch. I think it's like two seventy or something like that. So it's yeah. more affordable than it used to be. Um, yeah. And yeah, with Apple Fitness Plus, I talked about this last episode too. I'd I'd used it for for a couple different workouts, um, and I did want to say like there's some issues with it. It's not perfect, but overall, I think it's it's great. And and um, the fact that it gives you that extra motivation through your Apple Watch does give it a a big edge over just like watching a YouTube workout. Yeah, So, yeah, I like it. Uh, I've got a couple app recommendations for you here. Um, The first one, this is another advertiser, (laughs) just full disclaimer, but we recommend, I only recommend things that I like. They do not pay me to recommend them. But it, the, well, it's funny because they brought this on my radar, uh, which I don't normally think of calendars and reminders as being a New Year's resolution type thing. But every year, their ads just go through the roof this time of year. And they, they find that across the board that all of a sudden, one of people's goals is to get more organized. And one of the best ways to get organized is to have a good reminders app and a calendar mm-hmm. app. And so Fanatic, who is a sponsor of ours, and they have an app called Pocket Informant, really does have one of the best 
apps for this. And what they do is they combine the reminders and the calendars app into one. Uh, so it's all in one place and it allows you to, uh, it's just a more natural way of interacting with it. Cause there's so many times where I don't know, am I creating a reminder for tomorrow or am I adding it to my calendar for tomorrow? And in reality, they're kind of the same functionality. Um, so it's a great app. They, they invest a lot of energy into making it really easy and intuitive to use. Also, it works across all of your devices. So if you're somebody who, let's say, maybe doesn't have a Mac computer, then suddenly all of Apple's calendar apps aren't going to work very well for you. Um, so it's a great option as well. Awesome. Yeah, uh, there's something so satisfying about like really spending the time to like fill out your calendar schedule and set your reminders and kind of like have all of that set up really well in your phone. And that's been, we've had this sponsor for a long time and they've just been really popular uh, with our listeners. I've used it a bunch too and enjoy it. It's, yeah. It works out really well, with, like both with Withings and with this company that when we get sponsors that like we really believe in and yeah. then it's easy to... Absolutely. Yeah, it's a win-win. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it definitely is one of the things, you know, we're going through this list that I want to do better in, in 2021. I'm, I actually just started uh, this month of just being more diligent about adding things to my to-do list because I have this really bad habit of keeping that list in my head and then mm. it doesn't stay in my head. It just disappears and I just kind of have to <laughs> have to improvise every week. So having a to-do list, keeping it organized, making sure I'm prioritizing it is something that I need to get better at. So it's on my list. I found that um, the that the HomePod mini has made me want to do that more because I, I like using the feature where you ask what your schedule is that day and it tells you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The so other it's thing nice that's to, like, really have nice, it all in there. what I love, uh, if you are using the reminders app, I have a grocery list on my reminders app and you can use Siri to add things to your grocery list. So I'll always be like love in that. the kitchen and I'll be like, Hey Siri, add milk to my grocery list. Cause I just ran out of milk. Um, so that's a really nice use case too. Yeah. So the, for me, I don't have much more. I, I wanted to spend most of my time talking about like the digital decluttering because I think that's a great thing to do this time of year. Um, but mm -hmm. did you have any other just sort of aspirational apps for people to use um, for yeah. New Year's resolutions? I have one more for you, which is Duolingo. Uh, this is one that my stepson has been using. Uh, we are, <laughs> we, you know, because of COVID, he did a lot of homeschooling and we improvised a lot. And one of the things we did is had him learn Spanish. Uh, and he used the app Duolingo and it was great. Uh, he really, he's eight and he <laughs> was learning Spanish. It was wild. Uh, and it's a really well-designed app. I think it's free, but they, you know, to really use all their functionality, they have a monthly subscription service. Um, but I'd recommend it if you are interested in using a language. Maybe you have travel aspirations for 2021. Yeah, that's a great idea. The one I wanted to put in was Musician. I think I've mentioned it before, mm -hmm. but um, a couple years ago, I picked up a ukulele. And Musician um, is a fun app that gives you, it's like just fun. It gives you little exercises where you play along with different songs. It has a tuner in it. Um, you can like, learn pop version you can learn ukulele versions of like pop songs and things like that um so that combined with just using like youtube tutorials has been a fun way to like pick up some different songs don't know how my husband feels about my ukulele <laughs> hobby but um on our 200th episode on our 200th episode are you gonna play the ukulele for us 
Um, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't know whether that's like a promise or a threat. <laughs> I'm not very good. Um, I would. I would I would be happy to do that. But David, you might want to have me at, you might like edit it out later. Oh, I've heard you play. You're, you're, I mean, this was a couple years ago. I don't know if you've gotten better or worse, but you were decent. It was listenable. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, two hundredth episode. Well, I'll play you guys the ukulele. We, uh, I can't remember. I think it was our five-year company anniversary. I had a goal of uh, juggling flaming pins for the for the five-year anniversary. And our my Raf, who our CTO, who was on the podcast recently, is an excellent juggler and taught me how to do it. And then I did it for our five-year anniversary. Were you there then? I remember that. I was there then. I think that was towards the beginning of when I was there. That was fun. It's just as impressed. terrifying as it sounds. I was, I mean, I, I like had a couple jugs. Like, I'm not that good. But maybe for our 200th, 200th episode, you can play the ukulele and I'll juggle. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Yeah, since there's no like fire involved with mine, I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so digital decluttering. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's um, get back on topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, as everyone knows, I feel like with Marie Kondo and all of that, like people are really into living a more minimalist life and clearing out the clutter of things that don't, you know, spark joy in your life or whatever. <laughs> um, I definitely, with all the time at home in 2020, spent more time throwing away old stuff. But people sometimes forget about your phone and it's really like between all these different files that people have sent you, like gifts and different things, like we'll clog up your messages app. Um, sometimes you've downloaded tons of apps that you haven't used in years that they're you know, just sitting there and sort of getting in the way of getting where you need to go. So I think it's a, a lot of people don't take the time to go and through all this stuff and organize their phones. So I thought we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, what are some of your top tips for decluttering? One thing I would recommend, I mean, there's a lot there, um, but I recommend everybody review their notification privileges for apps. Because what I find mm. is a lot of times I open an app and A, I haven't used it before, so I don't know if I'm going to want notifications and B, I'm just kind of trying to get through it quickly and I'll often allow it to give me notifications. But notifications are a really powerful thing. They grab your attention and make you pay attention to your phone when you weren't necessarily trying to. And so I, I recommend going and proactively clearing out a lot of them that you don't actually want to get notified regularly. And, you know, in particular, it's like I get notification from news apps and it's like I don't necessarily want in the middle of my day to like have like there's a mass shooting like I can check it at my time when I'm ready to look at the news I don't need that in my face um so you know really think through like you're saying and honestly I, I love Marie Kondo like are these notifications bringing you joy yeah are they serving you at all and checking that is a is a really good easy decluttering yeah a lot of this goes hand in hand with the type of recommendations we give if you're wanting to work on um your iPhone addiction. I feel like all of us at this point yes. have a bit of an addiction. It's not a personal insult. And it's because a lot like these apps, developers spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to hook you in. And it's just based on basic psychology. So yeah, like some of it is these notifications will will draw you in when you picked up your phone to do something else. So you want to shift things back to that. You're using your phone like your phone isn't using you. <laughs> so I think one big thing too is like, I like to turn off badge app icons for most of my apps because that little red notification on your app is like very distracting for the mind. You want to see what what's new that's in there. 
So if it's not an app that you're wanting to visit regularly, going and turning that off is great. So that's something you also do in your notification settings, like David said. So notifications is the first big recommendation we have. Another one is going in um, and just checking out what's going on with your local iPhone storage. This is mm -hmm. different than your iCloud storage. So you go to settings, general, iPhone storage, and you'll see a display that will show you how much of, you know, depending on what, what um, iPhone storage you bought, you'll see a different total amount. I have 128 and 47 gigabytes of that are being used right now. So I'm not having a big problem there, but I still, I still don't want extra stuff on my phone that I don't need. So at the top, it'll give you recommendations of ways that you can clear out, stutter, uh, clear out clutter. It'll say review large attachments. So you can tap that and it will show you, a lot of times it'll be videos that people sent you. And most of the stuff that people are sending me in messages, I don't really feel attached to and don't wanna keep. So you can go through and either swipe left to delete things or tap edit in the top right corner and like tap at all the videos that you don't need and then hit delete and trash them. One thing I do wanna make, I do wanna make a couple recommendations there. Um, things to be careful of. Number one, something that can save you a lot of space, but I recommend using with caution is offloading unused apps. I used to do I that. I hate this feature. I hate it. Because what ends up happening is there's this category of apps that you don't use regularly, but when you use it, you want it. So a good example of that may be, this, this was something that drove me crazy, is travel apps, right? Like, I don't use the Southwest app very often, but when I'm traveling and I want to load up my ticket, I don't want to have to re-download that app in the airport. Uh, and it just kept happening to me over and over where I'd try to use an app. It was like a situation where I really wanted to access it quickly and it couldn't because I had offloaded it. And then I'm trying to download it when I don't have Wi-Fi, I'm on the go and I need to use the app. So that's one that I recommend being How cautious How do you turn that using. off? I'm like having uh, a hard time finding it. I don't know because I, I uh, right now I just have it like it, the option is typically there to enable it in your storage settings and mine. That's I just haven't enabled it. Um, I don't know. We'll have to. I'll, I'll have I'm to looking look it up. Turn that. Okay, I've got other points too. While you're looking that up, the other feature that oh, I oh interesting, it's in the app store now. I thought I thought that's where it might be. They moved it. I uh -huh. feel like it didn't used to be there. Um, so you go to App Store and then... Are you, you're literally go, turning this feature off as I'm talking? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I like... Hold on. You, you keep going because okay. I'm... You're now, not you're sure now just a listener is. of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that I did that I regretted was I... The, another thing that can save you a lot of space is if you delete your message history. So you can have your messages stick around forever. You can have your, or have it delete after a year or after I think a month. And at one point I got desperate and I, I deleted everything after a year. And I really miss it. Um, Cause first of all, there's times when somebody texted me something a long time ago that I wanna go look. Like for example, my sister texted me her address. Now I need to send her a Christmas present and it was over a year ago and I don't have it. Um, another example is, people die and you you've lost all their messages um so that's another one where you know you some it's a personal preference thing but my recommendation is to have your message history kept forever 
Um, it's just really nice. There's all of these use cases that I find that I, I regret having deleted old messages. Um, so that's another one where I don't want to recommend being proactive. A couple ways, though, where I think you should be proactive. Number one, like Donna said, reviewing large attachments. You can do it in the from the iPhone storage settings, but also often what it is is it's long videos that you recorded. And so if you just go look through your videos in your Photos app, uh, and just delete the ones that were really long that you don't need anymore. That frees up a lot of storage. The other thing is um, audio or video that you've downloaded. So the podcast app is a notorious culprit for downloading a bunch of stuff that you don't need. So going into your podcast app and managing, are you downloading like a bunch of podcasts that you subscribe to that you aren't actually listening to? Uh, going into like Netflix and Disney Plus and iTunes and seeing did you... Uh, did you download movies? Because that takes up a lot of storage as well. Okay, I, I went through a lot there. Donna, what do you have? <laughs> okay, so if you go, but I just wanted to give you all an update. If you go into settings, app store, there you'll have the option to toggle off, offload unused apps. And once that's toggled off, when you download an app, it's there. And Apple's not going to decide to uninstall it for you if you haven't used it in a while. And like David said, that can help you out. Like it's really annoying if there's an app that you use periodically and every time you try to use it, it has to be reinstalled. And depending on your internet connection at the moment, that could be a problem. <laughs> so um, if you have a phone with a decent amount of storage, I like to turn that feature off. Um, and yeah, so other things you can do, um, now with iOS 14, you can design your home screen how you want it to look. And mm -hmm. I think that that's great for digital decluttering in that you can actually limit how many home screens you have. Um, now with, with the app library, which you swipe right to left to get to, you'll have a list there, an alphabetical list of all of the apps on your phone. Um, when you tap the search icon there, you can scroll through. So that's always there. You can always access every single app on your phone that way. But you don't necessarily need to have every single app that you have on your home screen. Um, and people have been getting around this for years by throwing stuff into folders, but like you don't even need to do that. So now if you tap and hold on your display and um, you tap the little plus icon in the upper left corner. Wait, shoot, that takes you to your widgets. Never mind. You tap at the bottom below yeah. where all of your app icons show up, there's like little dots. And you tap that, and it will show you a page of all of your home screens. And you can select which ones show up. And I've changed it now, so I only have one home screen. And on that, on that screen, I like to keep the apps that I use every day and the apps that I would like to get myself to use every day, like the ones I want to encourage. <laughs> so I'm not going to be putting Facebook and Instagram there. Like those are the ones I'm trying to minimize, but Musician would be one I would put there because it's an app that I, like I'd like to play the ukulele more and I'm going to keep my um, work apps there and Spotify and stuff like that. So that's a way to declutter and just keep what you're wanting to use your phone for within sight. And I, I, there's two types of people in this world. There's the people that keep their uh, their apps meticulously organized in folders and folders within folders. My experience is those people are pretty few and far between, especially those who not only do that once, but then keep it maintained regularly as they're downloading apps. If you're one of those people, then you may want to have a bunch of home screens. But most people, in my opinion, 
the the primary way you should access apps is by searching for them and people don't think about it they try to always find it just by swiping through a bunch of home screens you don't need the home screen just search for the apps and if you just get in the habit of that you can have such a clean phone because you don't have to have page after page after page of apps that pretty much those are my biggest recommendations i think you know, you also may want to go in and delete photos that you don't want. Like these days, so many of us take like a hundred, more than a hundred photos of an outing that we had. And so you might mm -hmm. have like six shots of a person and really you just want one, um, you know, so you could like trim down a hundred photos to like 20 because you're taking basically different versions of the same photo. So that's something I don't have any really fast hack for you there. Like you do kind of need to go through and choose what to keep and delete. Um, but I think that's something that's worth worth doing because then when you're going and looking through your photos later, you can see a nice curated, you know, like assortment of photos from different places you've been and not a bunch of junk that you don't need. Um, yeah, that, that ties into one of my New Year's resolutions, my digital New Year's resolutions. Apple has added a lot of new functionality around creating albums, and I really never do that. But I would like to do that more. I'd like to be able to have um, kind of albums from important moments in my life that are a little more curated. So that's a nice, it's less decluttering, but uh, it's, an, it's a nice thing to do. And then you can have those albums to review over time. Um, so that's something I want to do a little more of. Another thing I'd recommend, we talked about reviewing your... Um, your local storage, but you also want to do that for your iCloud storage uh, because that's another thing where make sure you have enough cleared out iCloud storage that you're backing up regularly. That's one of the big mistakes people make is not backing up, having automatic backups set up for you. Um, and then uh, the last one I would say is review. Yeah, Donna, you're typing just what I was getting ready to say. That's so funny. Donna, <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a Google Doc open for our script. I'll let you say it, Donna. <laughs> oh, um, it's, it's a good time while you're going through this to figure out what apps are potentially hogging your battery and going through and addressing those now. So you go into settings, tap battery, and there you'll be able to see um, like up top, you'll see the apps that are using most the most of your battery. And you can look at that over either like from the last day or the last 10 days. And um, and then like either delete the app if you're not using it or just adjust how you're using it accordingly. Like what do you have any tips for that? Like if if it's not an app that you want to delete, but it's using a lot of battery, what can you do about it? Uh, yeah, it's tricky. Um, I mean, I guess one thing is background app refresh, making sure you've turned off your background app refresh, because a lot of times it's using battery when you're not even using the app. Uh, you can mm -hmm. have changing. The other thing I'd recommend doing is monitoring what apps are you using your location, not only because it's a pretty serious privacy violation at times, but also because it does drain your battery a lot. So that's a nice way. And there's now Apple gives you options so you can have allow it to use your location while you're using the app as opposed to always. Um, is a good one. Uh, my final recommendation that I would say is review your passwords. 
this is a really good thing to do every once in a while. Mm. Change your passwords for your apps that you use regularly that are you need to be secure, like your email and your banking. And also go and look through what is the what are the passwords that you're reusing because you're not really supposed to be doing that. Uh, and then create new secure passwords for that and save it in your password manager, whether that's Keychain, OnePass, LastPass, any of those. But having secure passwords for especially for your most secure apps and using a password manager is a really good that would be a great new year's resolution if you all did that i feel like my work here is done (laughs) yeah and here i wanted to make our question of the week this ties in now to ask you all what what are your new year's resolutions and how are you planning to use your iphone to meet them and that can be either something you we're inspired by this podcast to do. Um, so don't shy away from sending us something we <laughs> talked about at the show or let us know your new ideas that maybe we hadn't thought of. Yeah. So you email podcast.iphonelife.com and let us know what are your New Year's resolutions and how are you using your Apple devices to meet them. All right, guys. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. And um, stick around to Insiders because we have some extra special content for you. Yes. Bye. All right, uh, David, I wanted to ask you for in the insider section, do you do you have any New Year's resolutions? Have you thought of this yet? <laughs> you know, I was just getting ready to ask you that too. Um, I would say, I mean, first of all, just a little like behind the scenes, we're recording this it early. It's December 15th. So I, I haven't given it a lot of thought. One New yeah. Year's resolution that I definitely have is working out regularly. I'd like to work out at least three times a week. I used to, it was really sad because before COVID, I for the like really had gotten in the best shape of my life for the first time ever. I was like going to the gym regularly. I had a personal trainer and then I couldn't do it anymore. And I've been really bad during COVID about working out regularly. So that's my biggest 2021 recommendation um, is that. How about you? Uh, Again, like I hadn't thought of it a whole lot, like on a personal level, it was more just thinking about like, how can you use your iPhone to accomplish a New Year's resolution? But for myself, I think that um, one thing that I like to do every year that I use my iPhone to do is to create a list um, in the Reminders app. And the way it's based off a podcast I listen to called Happier, where you do like, 20 for 2020 or it was 19 for 2019 and you just come up with like a list of things that you want to do in that year and it can be big or small so I do that every year and it'll be things like I've had I wanted to do yoga twice a week hang out with my sisters once a week spend time with my niece and nephew once a week like for me it was finish the first season of my podcast so I like like I have a lot of things that I want to do and or like you know, get some new sunglasses. Like I just put made really <laughs> random things like that. And if I if I do like half of them, then I'll be happy. Yeah. So I have that list and I, I keep that in my phone reminders app. And I think that's something like people don't you know you know, you don't have to it doesn't have to be a list that you're revisiting constantly. You can create lists in the reminders app for kind of like longer term aspirational goals. So that's, that's a, a little suggestion. tip I was gonna give people. What's going to be your 21 for 2021 list, mm. David? I can't. <laughs> yeah, help so I'm going to create that. I'll yeah, get back I can't to help but notice it. you didn't actually give us any though. <laughs> I didn't get. So which ones did I accomplish? Or or, no, wait. Yeah, what for 2021? Oh, I think for this year I would like. Well, I want to do season two of my podcast. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. 
That's probably if, my biggest, my biggest like outside of work passion project. So I want to keep going with that. If you haven't listened to Donna's other podcast, that should be your New Year's resolutions. Donna, what give us how, how can people? I was find just your hoping podcast? you would ask me mm, so I could yes. plug my personal <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, if you search for Thread the Needle, it, it, I have it on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify. There's like another podcast called Thread the Needle too. So mine's the one with the yellow and uh, <laughs> yellow and pink. Uh, episode artwork yeah it really logo, is excellent. sorry yeah thanks guys thanks david <laughs> you're welcome um so i have a, a tip i wanted to tell you guys about do you have and it's it's a learning because it used to be a frustration of mine uh, and actually you're just, the one who helped me oh good mine is it. just uh complaining remember i last episode i told you that i had a lot of complaints for the upcoming episode i'm ready to complain i came i'm ready to complain <laughs> <laughs> okay go for it uh, this is like the classic. It's like an oldie but goodie complaint. And that is, I'm so frustrated by Apple's autocorrect functionality. The thing that drives me crazy is, you know, because now it's 2020, it's almost 2021. They're using, clearly they're using machine learning to do autocorrecting. Yet for some reason, it always autocorrects my think wrong and it's the it's the your and your or we're and we're it like i will do it correctly and it will auto correct it to the incorrect one and it's so frustrating and so embarrassing to me because it always makes me look like i don't know grammar at all and really for some reason it's auto correcting wrong are you having this happen to you this does happen to me a lot and i it's funny because it's one of those things like i type informally to people very quickly and will have errors in there. And as an editor, it's especially painful and awkward to be doing that. And I also totally judge other people for doing yeah. <laughs> doing that. I'm like, wait, do you like not know how to <laughs> punctuate a sentence? So yeah, it's 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 a problem. Because most of the time we're all when we're texting, we're doing it quickly. You don't want to spend a lot of time like thinking about your sentence structure and grammar and punctuation and i don't i don't judge people for having typos but like it i i do <laughs> i shouldn't judge people at all for anything in this world but i do judge people if they <laughs> don't know their your from their your and like when it when i am when it's going out of its way to add an apostrophe re when i shouldn't it doesn't look wrong. like a, yeah it doesn't look like a typo it just makes me look dumb <laughs> the other one that it does a lot is it's it apostrophe yes. it'll sometimes change that the wrong way too it's very frustrating i don't i don't have a good answer for this i would There's just no say solution. if you're using your or it's in a sentence then you should proofread before sending yeah the <laughs> other one that's a complaint uh and this is this is maybe it's it's borderline not safe for work when i'm not recording a podcast i sometimes swear especially if i'm texting people and i'm on a rant i'll swear and it always autocorrects it. And I'm like, Apple, we're all adults here. Can't you just let me swear in my text messages? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like when you're doing a uh, dictation, you mean? No, if I'm just typing. Oh, it, oh. Like, it'll be like, yeah. it's duck always Duck is a big one. Yeah. Yeah, like who's using the word ducking that much? <laughs> I know, like you're almost going to have to, in order to swear in a text message, you have to like, go in and do that setting there's a setting that you can do where you can like teach apple words that you use yeah it's so <laughs> but that also seems like a lot of work to go to to be able to swear in your text messages it seems a little strange yeah yeah but um, it, it taps i was gonna into... give like one workaround okay. i was gonna get it, it's not something that's gonna teach autocorrect um anything but 
for people, like I don't think everyone's aware of the feature that if you like press and hold on your keyboard, it goes into trackpad mode and then you can quickly move your cursor to the middle of a word, which is really great if you are proofing a text and you wanna add a an apostrophe or, or delete an apostrophe that Apple added that shouldn't be there. That way you can do it. Cause I used to not know how to do that and I would be like tapping forever to try to get my cursor to go where it's supposed to go and that would be extra annoying. So mm -hmm. that's a good um, you can like quickly move your cursor to the middle of a word using this feature. Just press and hold your keyboard, keyboard until it turns gray and then it's magically transformed into a trackpad. And the other setting that you're saying is also nice, which is for words that it regularly gets wrong, you can actually go and create shortcuts that will auto, that'll correct it to the right thing. <laughs> uh, I Remind me yeah. how you do that. It's in keyboards. Oh man, yeah. So if you open the settings app, let's see if I just type in keyboards. I can never remember like off the top of my head where these things are. Oh, settings, general, keyboard, and uh -huh. then uh text replacement. text replacement yes and so that when you add the little tap plus icon you can type in um the word that you want to appear and then the shortcut or in this case the incorrect version so if it's a shortcut you could have omw and that will turn into on my way yeah or it could be you know what's something wrong the shortcut could be ducking would it be and then you put in the swear word as the yeah. actual phrase if yeah. you're wanting to like be allowed to swear or whatever you're really committed to these swear words uh, another cool use case for this is you can use the uh you can use emojis for it so you could do like if you did like the colon smiley face it will convert it to an actual emoji smiley face uh and that's a cool use case too for this feature the text replacement i think last yeah. last complaint about this uh I think what frustrates me about the swearing thing, it's not like that big of a deal, but it, it, it fits into this archetype that Apple has, which is sometimes Apple can try to be my nanny. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, reminds it's me to breathe, doesn't let me text while I'm driving, like tells me how much, tells me I can't use my phone at night. Like all of these types of things, just uh, that's not how I want my technology to interact with me personally. Um, and so it really frustrates me when Apple tries to do that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I find it really annoying. Okay, so mine is that um, there's a feature with your AirPods that will read your text messages to you. Uh, and I don't like that happening if I'm working out with my AirPods. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a feature that can be useful. So it might be something that you want on sometimes and you want off other times. And I didn't know until David told me that you can quickly toggle this feature on and off in your control center. Um, so first, what you have to do is, if you have AirPods, you go into um, your settings app and go to notifications, and then there'll be a section that says announce messages with Siri, and you wanna have that be toggled on. So by default, this feature is on. If someone texts you and you're on a run, it'll like interrupt your music and read the text to you. Which I love, um, Donna hates it, but I'm on record as loving this feature, by the way. Yeah, so I'm not crazy about it. So now, once you have that on, you can go into your settings app, tap control center, and from there, there's now, you can like add a control center option for announcing messages with Siri. It's a box with a little square, uh, with a little plus symbol in the upper right corner. So once you've added that, then you can 
open, like let's say you are using your AirPods and you're about to go out on a run and you don't want to be interrupted with texts, just swipe down for control center and toggle off that setting and you won't be bothered. And so I was very happy about that. Oh, it's not a plus icon. It's a bunch of little dots in the upper right of a square, <laughs> but it'll, it'll tell you when in control center what the feature is. Um, so you don't have to memorize the icon. Can I tell you what though? I appreciate you mm -hmm. giving me credit for this. I did not know you could do this. So it was definitely not me who told you this. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. Oh, I wish okay. I, I would. I should take credit for it, but no, I, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was Sarah. It, it sounds oh, like another a Sarah thing you can know. do um, is once you when you are going into your notifications and you tap announce messages with Siri. In that same section, you can toggle on or off this uh, option that says reply without confirmation. So let's say you want to um, have your text messages read to you and you want to respond to it but like you don't want to have to go through the step of saying it and then Siri letting you know what you said and if you want to send it or not because that's kind of just making the whole thing a little more onerous you can toggle that off then again like Apple might send text responses Siri might send text responses that have errors in it and you have to be okay with that but I think for me I decided to toggle that off because the whole thing is, is like I just don't want to be bothered and for it to take extra time of mine. And so if I'm going to use it, I'm just gonna say like, take my chances at responding with some typos. That sounds so dangerous to me. I would never do that. I would always <laughs> confirm. Like you don't want to have to dictate and then have it sent and you might've like, it might've totally gotten it wrong and totally sent something weird. Totally wrong. Or sometimes my fear would be You're like- You're probably right. I feel like sometimes it, it thinks I'm trying to reply and I'll just be talking to somebody in the room and not trying to reply. And that would be my nightmare if I like texted that to somebody, <laughs> especially if I was talking about them. That's true. Yeah, maybe I should think twice about that. But <laughs> so those are our tips for the week. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you insiders for being with us for another year. It's been, you know, it's been a really difficult year for so many of us, but um, it's we've like still had so much great content, had so many great courses. I feel like we really got to know a lot of you yeah. this year through uh, through the courses and being able to interact, and which has been really cool for all of us. And so I hope you all have a good new year and we're excited to bring you a bunch of more exciting content in the new year. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks you guys so much for your support this year. It's a hard year to be a small business owner and you guys made it great. Uh, and so we appreciate you so much. And as Donna said, we really enjoyed this year in particular, adding classes to Insider, getting to know you all a little bit more. And we hope you have a really excellent 2021, much better 2021. <laughs> yeah. With any luck, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Thanks, everyone. Happy New Year's. All right, Donna. All right. Let's stop I'm this hungry. One. Dang.